Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. So the episode starts off where we have a, a battle of a bunch of Inquisitors uh, and Maul alongside some Jedi. Uh, realizing they're completely outmatched, the Inquisitors fly away like the cowards that they are and regroup. Uh, our Jedi are confronting Maul and not really sure whether or not to trust him, but they're going to trust him anyway. And they're going to follow him towards the top of this weird sort of temple, taking these very video gamey elevators and having kind of mischievous back and forth dialogue along the way, not really knowing whether or not to trust one another. Our Inquisitors uh, kind of rally again, talk about how they are, need to get Vader's prize, uh, which is clearly some the holocron that Ezra and Maul had acquired uh, from the last episode. Um, they uh, have their little drones to be able to figure out that indeed Ezra does have the holocron. Uh, as they go up the, the top of the tower, uh, they do a divide and conquer method, which results in, of course, Maul and Ezra going off in their own way, where Maul sends Ezra to the top of this weird temple uh, to essentially light off a giant weapon. Uh, but Ezra does not realize this. Uh, he thinks he's just going to uncover the secrets of what's inside the holocron. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, our Jedi then meet up with uh, Maul, uh, and the Inquisitors, uh, and the Inquisitors uh, get their asses completely handed to them. And then Maul decides he's going to hand uh, the ass to some Jedi and uh, slices Kanan across the face, blinds him. Uh, Ahsoka then takes on Maul. Uh, and uh, then from there, Kanan decides he's going to get up uh, and he's going to fight Maul. And very quickly and very Jedi-like, he uh, knocks Maul off of the edge of the of the tower and like right away stumbling down uh kanan being the, the the pure jedi that he is is able to use his instincts uh, to beat maul as opposed to maul just thinking he can uh use his ego uh to beat kanan uh from there uh ezra uh, sets off the giant uh weapon that is this uh temple and he talks to the holocron uh realizing that is able he's unlocked a, a huge power uh and then creeping up behind him is darth vader uh, Darth Vader comes down, uh, he kind of mocks Ezra for uh, unlocking everything for him uh, and uh, is uh, is impressed by Ezra, uh, but decides he's going to kill him anyway. Uh, and then Ahsoka shows up and Ahso Ahsoka decides that uh, she's going to take on Vader. They have a weird back and forth uh, about uh Anakin Skywalker and whether or not uh, Vader is indeed him and whether or not Anakin is destroyed. Uh, and it, while they're having their back and forth, Kanan and Ezra try to uh, remove the holocron to uh, stop this giant weapon from going off. Uh, in that process, uh, Vader then uh, tries to uh, stop them. And then Ahsoka cuts off the mask of Vader. They have uh, a big old battle. It continues. Uh, our Jedi escape, Maul escapes, Invaders, uh, Sith um, infiltrator, and um, uh, our Jedi's uh, escape uh, with Ahsoka and Vader left behind. Uh, we then cut to uh, Kanan um, kind of recovering, but clearly now blind. Uh, Vader limping away, Morai, which is Ahsoka's owl, uh, flying away. Uh, and uh, Ezra looking down at a holocron with uh, red in his eyes. That is 
the the long uh, episode yeah long episode description we're back uh for the the conclusion part two of twilight uh, of the apprentice in other words this is the season two finale of rebels and without having seen it before definitely it feels very conclusive uh just thematically it feels like even though i'm not as invested in the journeys of these characters like clearly I'm meant to take away from this episode and in particular the final moments of this episode that we have checked some boxes here. We have uh, we have crossed over some points of new return and that these characters are going to be different now. And so I guess I want to go one by one throughout those characters. I will say, I remember you saying that uh, I would like, if I liked part one, I would like part two even more. I think there are parts where that is true and there are other areas where I actually thought this episode wasn't great. It felt very uneven to me uh, until Vader showed up. I kind of wasn't really digging what they were laying down. And then, of course, Vader made it very good. Do you see where it kind of feels like it shifts tonally? Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Uh, it goes very much between um, Maul uh, being like... Uh, I don't know, just philosophizing uh, yeah. throughout the episode to these big battles. And it's kind of just sh- quickly goes back and forth between those two. And there's uh, not really any uh, smoothness to the transition or any uh, real purpose that you see behind it directly. But I think if you look at the episode as an overall, everything does make a lot of sense. And I guess it's an episode that maybe is better every time you watch it because everything you, you see coming a little bit more. And so it makes, it makes it, I don't know. You said you watched the episode a couple of times. I yeah. found it, I always find it better um, on, on multiple viewings. This Me too. In particular. And I think I came to this podcast, like planning to just like really shit on Ezra a lot. I still want to do that a little bit, but like now that you mentioned it, I actually think that I found Maul to be, the annoying aspect of this episode because they're really dragging out his like being the mysterious like guy in the shadows except for that he's not wearing a cloak anymore and he has robotic legs and clearly he's like a very adept duelist and so like we know having experience with the menace of Maul uh, that like Kanan's instincts about Maul are right on the money but also so would frigging anyone and so like that, he keeps speaking in riddles and Ezra's like, come on, you never trust me. You never trust anyone. Just felt so tired by like the second act of this second episode of this particular arc. It was like, okay, like if if you claim to be a Jedi, Padawan or otherwise, and you don't have any inkling that this guy is bad news, <laughs> you're blinder than Kanan for Christ's sake. Well, I think that's a little bit of the point. Kanan's just telling him, like, what the hell, Ezra? But then you see in the last moments of this episode, the kind of the, like, uh, well, I, I should, the temptation in Ezra's eyes, the evil in his eyes. Like, Ezra is somebody who is easily tempted. And but I guess I don't know that from that. The first two seasons. I don't have any experience with Ezra. And so he he just kind of feels like, like a Luke stand-in, like this whiny little kid who's hanging out with the big kids for this whole arc. And so I guess we've discussed before about how his morals are grayer than some, Um, but it just felt very sudden in the end when for no particular reason, like only good has prevailed, like heroes have won out by the end of this adventure. And for some reason he's like got fire in his eyes. And so that felt like, I, I, I couldn't figure out why, or maybe it could have been, better foreshadowed in his interactions with Maul why he has 
this anger within him. It just kind of felt like he was a, a follower. Fair enough. Uh, I will kind of maybe put a little backstory in there because, I mean, it is uh, you're jumping in uh, two seasons in. He's somebody who's had his family was killed by the Empire and he's got a lot of anger about that. And he's uh, he's space Aladdin. He's a street rat. And so he's always been like pushed around and beaten down and poor as hell. And so he's like he's Luke without a supportive aunt and uncle. Uh, And um like a, a, a sh- even shittier circumstance and not being the chosen one. He's also the not, he's clearly not insanely powerful in the force. Right. Uh, he has a strong connection to life and uh, animals and creatures. That's one thing that he has a strong connection to in the force, just that makes him a little bit unique. Um, but I guess there's really nothing special about Ezra, which is also a little bit nice about Ezra in that sure. way. I guess that's true. Yeah. Gives yeah, him a that's bit of a chip on his shoulder. One area where he's not encumbered by the weight of being the chosen one. He's just kind of this guy who's along for the ride and maybe we can do right by him. He, he's also kind mm. of uh, animated like a reboot character. Mostly I find the animation of this series like pretty impressive, but like something about his weird like moppy hair. <laughs> just kind of gets under my skin. I don't know. I was predisposed to not rooting for Ezra, for better or worse. Yeah, he get they get rid of his moppy hair uh, the next season, and it's, he just has like really, really short hair from that yeah. point on. Also, Ezra Bridger kind of sounds like a Coachella act to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly going for a, a bit of a more modern name there. Uh, I don't. Uh, I know that they wanted to go for something that was a little bit more modern so that it could be as common as a kid that was named Luke in the 70s, which right. is also extremely common sort of thing. So some superficial stuff about Maul. Obviously, he, at you know quite a while ago at this point in the timeline, has had these prosthetic legs. Uh, I, I just noticed at one point he's standing next to the Jedis and he's like taller than them. And obviously, mm-hmm. like Ray Park is not tall. And is it, like, canon that, like, originally Darth Maul was, like, not a very vertical person, but, like, he has longer legs now? I know this is, like, kind of a stupid thing, but, like, is it worked into the story at all that, like, he deliberately made himself bigger to be more menacing? It wouldn't surprise me if there's a line in the Clone Wars where Obi-Wan says he looks taller. Yeah. It It wouldn't surprise me. That is just something that, is extremely Obi-Wan-esque. Um, but it also, I don't recall it at mm. the same time. I don't recall them making any specific note to uh, the fact that Ray Park was, is not that tall uh, and thus Maul's clearly not tall, especially next to someone like Liam Neeson. He looks very short. Well, that's a good point, um, yeah. But yeah, he's definitely taller as a uh, robot mall. Uh, the legs are, are absolutely uh, make him taller than like, I think uh, like Obi-Wan and Kanan is Kanan supposed to be tall. So, and he does kind of get disposed of pretty quickly uh, at the end of this episode, like before we switch over to Vader, um, which I find it, it was fine. I, I, if I were to nitpick it, it would just be, I really like the way Kanan so quickly adapts to his surroundings and uses the force to like be his eyes. And that's, it's mm. fine with me that they decided to do that really quickly because I can accept that he must be like very powerful. But it is funny like how much quicker he did away with Darth Maul operating from a completely new standpoint 
like with just having been blinded and he's immediately able to disarm Darth Maul who we are led to believe is like pretty good like it was in another world it was like hard to defuse Darth Maul even if you were a Jedi yes but another reason why I adore this moment is because it comes down to who does Maul ultimately fall to and can't understand uh I don't know what do you mean Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Obi-Wan. You mean literally, yeah. Like, like it just it's like Obi-Wan is 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 calm and passive and doesn't hold the grudge in, in, in the same kind of way. And he's like the perfect Jedi, and Maul is the like the worst Sith. And it's so it's like they're complete opposites, and he can't understand somebody who's so like blindly follows like like peace and order, whereas Maul is so chaotically not following anything and it's he's like hates everything. And so like, but this comes down to What's the first lesson or one of the first lessons we learned from Obi-Wan? Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Wear the blast shield and trust the force. And so when Kanan is wearing this mask and trusting the force, Maul is trusting his eyes. Mm. And he's saying he's seeing a blind man, whereas Kanan is trusting the force. And Maul is just being like he's using a blunt weapon. He's not using the force at all. He's using a lightsaber. The force is always going to beat just somebody using a lightsaber. I really love that because, I mean, obviously you chose these two episodes to watch to to help ready us for Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is now just three and a half weeks away. Um, and you did say that we were not going to interact directly with Obi-Wan at all in these particular episodes, but I have been like looking for ways in which they allude to the character and not just the fact that like there are inquisitors in this episode and that's like a perfect example and also i don't think we're gonna have maul in the obi-wan kenobi live action series but um vader no i do mean maul uh because he'd still be alive in the timeline right no i just mean that like no you're right we won't have maul but we will have vader and that was the reason this was vader and the inquisitors is the is the main reasons as to why no, i i, I get it but guys. like i just like the the comparison mm. of the the demeanors of Obi-Wan and Maul because obviously what has motivated Maul ever since that initial defeat by Obi-Wan is vengeance and bitterness and and rage and just like not being able to let it go whereas much of what we've seen of Obi-Wan is him choosing uh passivity and just like willing to like go with emotions even when tragedy befalls him although it will be so interesting in this new ewan mcgregor interpretation if they decide to work in a little bitterness and part of his character arc is learning not to be uh clouded by the many horrid emotions that he's still dealing with because obviously we know that that's the path to the dark side and it is only a good story if obi-wan has to learn to not be consumed by the dark side in this story yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, I think like maybe not maybe not bitterness, but like you said, the dark side. And what's the first step to the dark side? Fear. Fear. Yeah. And what is this episode going to be about? Obi Wan being to a degree afraid. And they yes, yes, we lost, and like he's given up. But what are you at that point? Well, you, you're afraid of, of of trying again. Yeah. Well, uh, is he cynical the way Luke has grown to be in the Last Jedi? Mm. Like probably a little bit. But maybe ho- hopefully not to the extent that, you know, it changes the character. I mean, it definitely won't by the end of it. He's going to have to become 
Alec Guinness by the end of it. Um, but I think, yeah, yeah he's going to have some kind of like uh, personality arc to, to travel through. Yeah, just like somebody who's so beaten down and broken. Maybe not as cranky as Luke, but more, <laughs> but maybe more defeated. But I guess, but still, um, th- there will be a point where he doesn't want to get, like, he, where he doesn't want to get involved, or where he needs to be convinced to become involved again, or where whether it's Bail Organa who reaches out, or Qui Gon that he talks to in a Force vision, or somebody who comes to him, or so- something like. There's going to be some inciting character and and so yeah no that will be exciting to see what kind of uh, brings that about from our obi-wan talk to me about kanan it, it feels when he is blinded that that is supposed to be a significant moment for that character like that that then obviously defines who he is through the duration of the series and i remember when we discussed character deaths his death was one of your all-time favorites because it was like so emotional and and impactful um I don't remember knowing already that he was blind, but obviously he's going to stay blind. And so is this a really big moment in Rebels overall? Yeah, this is a big moment. Uh, and he regains his sight as he's dying. Oh, okay. uh, as, because he becomes a little bit one with the force and he speaks to Ray in the rise of Skywalker. Uh, and he has uh, some post death uh, interactions like through the force in that regard. Um, but yes, this is a big moment for Kanan. Kanan, uh, is somebody who has a lot of self-doubt, a lot of self-doubt and fear about what it means to finish Jedi training and to be a good Jedi because he wasn't able to save his master. Uh, she was killed right in front of him. He had to go into hiding. He was, he is one of the very last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and he pretended to not be a Jedi for like well over a decade. Was he a youngling when the Clone Wars happened? How old is he? He was like, um, you watched the beginning of the Bad Batch. You watched the first episode. Yeah. Uh, and he's in that. He's like uh, like 12 or okay. like maybe 14. Uh, and uh, yeah, his master, like they just have they just order 66 and the Bad Batch um because they don't have the chips they're like that's the reason why he survives is mm. because the bad batch uh, are essentially ordered like you branch off and go kill the padawan who escaped um and that's how he kind of does survive um that's a good story but i'm he, invested in that that sounds pretty cool seems like a good yeah character. yeah he's a great character and he becomes kind of a drunk cowboy mm. uh and uh just works on like uh, I, f- I forget what he what he does mostly, but he doesn't he 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 doesn't do much. He's he's kind of a low life okay. until Hera until Hera brings him in back into the fight, uh, and uh, obviously because he's a Jedi and he um, exposes himself in that sort of way uh, to impress her, and uh, ultimately continues to um, want to do good for the people around him, and ultimately grows and grows and grows and becomes a really perfect jedi he becomes the perfect jedi like as he's dying and that's why he's accomplished what he needs to and then of course the interesting interaction in the episode is one between ahsoka and vader who have like a long awaited if you want to call it a reunion obviously we know that um, vader doesn't even view himself as an evolution of anakin he sees them as two different things and she 
I guess she has a hunch that maybe Vader is Anakin. I'm not sure if that's based on like a force instinct or if she's heard rumors or what, but like she thinks at first it might be the case. Then she decides, no, probably not. This guy's so vile. Then they do some dueling. She busts his mask and she can see his eye. And so she knows, in fact, that Anakin is in there. But then he tries to kill her one more time, kind of confirming that at least at this point, Anakin is all gone. Um, and so that's obviously a really big moment for Ahsoka. Yeah, that's a, a heartbreaker. It shows that Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, neither can turn back Vader. This is the Mustafar uh, equivalent. This is the equivalent of what we're going to get in the Obi-Wan show between Ahsoka and Anakin. And, and this, then that's huge. And the fact that they're... Like the mask breaks off and they mix Matt Lanter and James Earl Jones's voice. Yeah, that was cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And I expect like it wouldn't shock me if they do something similar to this in Obi-Wan um, in, in some way, shape or form, because it's just such an interesting way of just putting yourself in like in Ahsoka's shoes and just how gut-wrenching it is for the character mm -hmm. to have that proven to her. And this in particular sets up the Ahsoka show as well. Because Yeah, and, and is Ahsoka going to be an Obi-Wan? Did, did I hear you say that? No, but um, Anakin's going to be in both of them. Right. Uh, and Ahsoka could be in a flashback. It wouldn't be outside the realm of possible. No, but I ask because at the end of this, she and her relationship to Anakin and her heartbreak over that story is unresolved and so i mean obviously she's still around canonically post return of the jedi and she has come to know luke skywalker a little bit and so there's some redemption through that um but she should have another meeting with vader right sorry you cut off for a second there she should have another opportunity to to show down with vader and maybe like really get into it with him because they don't do a lot of verbal sparring here that's true. Uh, I don't know if they need to do another alteration altercation between Vader and Ahsoka. I need a lot of Force Ghost Anakin coming to Ahsoka. Though. Sure. Yeah. I need a lot of uh, explanation. Luke forgave pretty quickly. Uh, Ahsoka won't forgive that easily. No. Uh, Ahsoka will be extremely happy that Anakin is back. But it will be, t I think Ahsoka will struggle to a degree to reconcile the fact that while Anakin, we don't know how separate Anakin and Vader are in the force. And um, like they are one person, it is decisions made. Um, and so in, in that, in, in, in that way, mm. I imagine that there's going to be some some splaining to do on yeah, Anakin's that's, part. That's a really good point. I never thought about it, a, a Force Ghost Anakin not having to bear remorse for the crimes of Vader because they are different. That doesn't seem like something they'll do, although there's a case no. to be made that that is what's happened. Yeah, I, I'm I'm firmly in the camp of they're the same character. Yeah. I've always like that's like a, a, a camp I stand at 
very very firmly in for that reason that well, Anakin still does need to pay for the crimes of Vader to a degree even if he does become one with the force that's okay right and I kind of uh, think, think that Ahsoka like will struggle with like that. Palpatine giving all of his apprentices new names is just part of his brainwashing like it's not yeah. it's not literally that you're a different person now it's let's pretend you're a different person and Anakin like all of them really friggin' buys into that because that's his only way of of uh, committing fully when in fact he does have a little bit of good in him to swear off that good. Um, so that's yes, he, that's really interesting. And obviously Kylo Ren is the same thing. Like he is guilty for the, or Ben Solo's guilty for the crimes of Kylo Ren. Yes and no. I think this is interesting because I think that that goes down to, yes, there's decision-making, which is important. Um, but then it comes to the kind of fantastical elements of yes, you want Palpatine to be always make bad decisions, but do we have to have a remorseful reason for Palpatine to make his bad decisions or can Palpatine just be pure evil? Right. In my opinion, Palpatine can just be pure evil. Yeah. In a certain way, I think you can fantastically believe that Ben Solo, um, is I, I, and I, I kind of view it this way. I just, based on the way that the story comes across to me, I view Ben Solo as more poisoned by the dark side and less than making bad decisions mm. as much. Like, and yes, he makes bad decisions, but like he almost feels somewhat led to them. Whereas Anakin feels more like he chooses those bad decisions, like more like he chose his fate a little bit more than Ben Solo chose his fate. And Palpatine almost like didn't choose his fate. He was just pure evil a little bit. Like for some reason, there's a little bit of that fantastical element that bleeds into the way that I kind of view some of these characters. Well, that um, is kind of the difference between, hard. it is the difference between Anakin and Ben, where the former had a really sad life. And there was all these horrible mm. things that kept happening to, to him and they weakened him. And then they led him towards the dark side and, that was the tragedy. Whereas Ben Solo, you know, he might have been an angsty teenager, but it was okay to be Ben Solo. It was like kind of a cushy situation to be Ben Solo when he was when he was young. And then he gets, you know, exercised or inhabited by, by the dark side and used. The only hmm. strange thing is that, like, he retained his understanding of his bloodline. And so, like, he, he, like, was really obsessed with being the grandson of Darth Vader. And so it's not like he rejected that he was a solo, right? He not fully. He still called yeah. Han Solo father. He didn't he 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 took um, on a new name, but it was really more of a cosplay. He didn't call Han Solo father until he he, he called him dad at the end when he turned back to Ben. He referred to him directly as Han Solo. Okay, well then Snoke called him his father that's yeah. like it's he's not like denying that he is part no. of that bloodline no 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 that's true i see what you mean yeah okay it's, uh it, go ahead yeah that is no it, it's it's an interesting kind of way in which how force ghosts and dealing with your decisions is impacted in star wars and, and what's kind of and you always it needs to have like you need to to have uh, free will in a certain way to to make the moral stories make sense, but in a certain way, it's also like, well, what's the point of Maul? Maul is not put in our story here to be um, uh, a morality tale mm. about free will. Maul is uh, your story about here's an example of 
of of what hate does to you. It's yeah. just an extreme. And so like not everybody needs to be viewed with the same like no, protagonist's no. lens that yeah. Anakin gets viewed with, whereas your decision making matters more and like Luke. And okay, but if you want to talk about temperament and bitterness like you mentioned that ahsoka is going to have more of a chip on her shoulder about the whole anakin situation than say luke did she's facing off against vader vader says anakin skywalker was weak i destroyed him she says okay well in that case i have to avenge my master he says revenge is not the jedi way and she says i am no jedi so i know this about her because you've told me um i don't think star wars in the mainstream in the live action They haven't done a whole lot of Ahsoka yet anyway, but they haven't yet made it clear to the casual viewer where her ideals stand. We've talked before about how like many Star Wars viewers still just kind of view it in the in the binary, like good is Jedi's, Sith is bad. Um, Mm. And obviously it is more complex than that. But what we don't know, and I mean the royal we, not you, (laughs) um, what we don't know is why she rejects the Jedi Order, why that's actually a sticking point and maybe like a point of like angry contention for her. And so I wonder if you can help. Sure. Uh, it's it's at this point, the only Ahsoka people have seen is in the Clone Wars. Um, so she's been in Rebels in, uh, for a little bit, but Ahsoka, the Clone Wars came before this. And so Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order when they accuse her of being a terrorist. Uh, and they essentially strip her of everything and sentence her and almost convict her with minimal evidence. And Anakin goes out of his way to um, like, he goes like he pulls out every stop to prove her innocence and to reinstate her. And then they're like, this is like, they, they try to pass it off as like, I guess this was one of your Jedi trials. Mm. And uh, she's kind of like, I guess this is where I part ways. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, screw you guys. Uh, and that really, really hurts Anakin. Um, but in the same way, um, yeah, she has, she loses a lot of respect for the order and she has a lot of um, dealings with different people and different groups of people uh, that are heavily impacted by, I guess, the decision-making of Jedi and the impact of the war in different ways. And she just gets to understand how far gone the Jedi are a lot quicker than the rest of the Jedi. Okay. And so she fills Qui-Gon's role very quickly in the Star Wars world of being the, um, the, the true maverick. I just want to say uh, two little uh, back to the drawing boards that I listed from this episode. One is, Mm. I thought the Inquisitors were fine, but their little lightsaber helicopters were stupid. I don't like those. I think they're ridiculous. Yes, they're they're wildly stupid. I don't think that's how light works. And I just, I I find it like, not only is it dumb in premise, it looks bad. Like they didn't even find a way to make it look Star Wars cool. (laughs) No, it, it looks really stupid. I actually do think logically it makes sense. Really? It's not light. It's an it's an energy beam, and yes. if the way a helicopter would work, the way a, the light a, like if you're if a lightsaber works, if you are believing that a lightsaber works, all, like combining the physics of a helicopter with it actually doesn't make it's not ridiculous. Okay, um, but it looks so stupid, yeah. and is the number one take backs in my opinion of all of. Uh, Rebels, in my, it's wow. the number one dumbest thing in Rebels, <laughs> I think. Just another little minor thing. I don't even remember what what line he gives him, but I think it's Vader. Vader says something to Ezra, 
And Ezra goes, you're smart. You figure it out. And I just thought that was bad writing because <laughs> I was already ah. predisposed to finding him corny. That's fair. Uh, Vader does have some good lines because everything Vader says is amazing. It's Vader James was Jones. Of, yeah. Uh, the power within you will soon serve the emperor. Uh, then you will die braver than most mm -hmm. um, when Ezra says he's not afraid of him. Uh, Vader says to Ahsoka, we need not be adversaries uh, and revenge is not the Jedi way, which such a direct uh, George Lucas quote. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we also Ahsoka's had a, I am. We also had a mall uh, give a, another no more, no less, like just a, like a really casual like throw in. They're just talking about like going off on like in different teams and he's like, just two, no more, no less. It was just kind of a cute little wink. Yeah, he does lots of, of Sithisms uh, throughout this. Right. Um, Ahsoka's uh, Maul, what game are you playing? The end game, Lady Tano, mm. the end game. That was cool. Uh, I, am the, I am the enemy of your enemy now, and I have my own reasons for wanting the Empire to fall. We have a little time. The one they call Vader will be here soon. Mm -hmm. yes, how, how exciting we're all on the Darth same Vader. side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Ezra's one funny line is when he's watching Vader and Ahsoka duel and he says, I need a lot more training. Yeah, that is a good <laughs> line. Uh, when Maul refers to uh, Kanan, uh, Ahsoka, and Ezra as two Jedi and a part-timer. Mm. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I think that's really all I have to say about, about this episode. Um like I said, it, I kind of felt both ways about it. I thought that it was like kind of dull in the first half. Maybe it could have been one episode, but certainly the Vader stuff made it really worth it. With that explosion in the end, I'm not really sure how Ahsoka and Vader survived that because it was like a balls to the wall explosion. But the final montage, the music, and like the, even without being as invested in all these characters, I felt the gravity of this being a season finale. And it, mm. it definitely made me curious about what's going to happen next. Oh, that's good. Um, do you want to know how Ahsoka survives? Sure. So uh, Ahsoka survives uh, through the world between worlds, which is something that we will probably be exploring a little bit in the Ahsoka show. Uh, and the world between worlds is where uh, the force allows for time and space to infinitely become accessible mm. uh, through portals. Um, so it, it's, it's interstellar uh, meets Star Wars Sweet. Uh, and uh, essentially Ezra in the future uh, pulls Ahsoka out of the explosion um, wow. and Ahsoka gets trapped between space and time becomes essentially like Ahsoka the white. She becomes like a weird Gandalf. So this like, is that moment. This, uh, Ahsoka wow. dies, but uh, Ezra in the future, but based on the way time and space work, she doesn't actually die uh, Ezra in the future prevents her death by pulling her into like the infinite force. He saves Buckbeak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. That, I, I get, yeah, I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to do that. I wouldn't be this podcast if I didn't, uh, ham fist some kind of Harry Potter reference. That's very cool. That's very exciting. Uh, it doesn't explain how Vader lives. I guess he's just tough and he has a chip he's out of just... his helmet. Yeah, he's tough and he limps away. He doesn't look that badly scarred it, when we get a little glimpse of his face. It looks like his face is kind of ashy, but like, I guess we're going to get an idea of exactly what Hayden Christensen looks like without the mask on in just a few short weeks. And that's so exciting. But like, it's never been that clear exactly how maimed he is facially. We see him when the scars are brand new at the end of 
Revenge of the mm. Sith. We see him when he's about to die at the end of Return of the Jedi. But what exactly is the middle ground? Like, he's bald probably, but like, what does his face look like? We see him ever so slightly in Rogue One. Mm. We do see like in, in the tank, remember? True. And we see the side of him and like, he's, he's, he's very, very bald. Um, but uh, it, that he is in, and uh, we will definitely be seeing, I expected him to be whiter and bubblier. They should have done that, I think, for uh, this shot of his partial face. But I guess they wanted him to look like Anakin, but we knew. Who was his body double in Rogue One? Because it wasn't Hayden. Uh, it was, um, I think, a, a Spencer Wilding. Okay. All right. There yeah, it is. Right a, there. A, the, a big guy. At the tip of your tongue. Seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Is that all you want to say about this episode? Uh, yeah. I think so. Uh, oh, I wasn't a huge fan of like the Sith video game elevators. I thought they were a little silly. Yeah. Um, I did love the ending um, with the kind of the montage, Vader limping away and Morai flying away. Mm. Um, the the music was was awesome. Uh, the way Vader fights, uh, they made they animated him to really fight like Vader. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, the blinding of Kanan is just a great moment in a in a great character. Uh, Maul saying formerly darth now just small um so yeah i thought it was just overall i i love the episode um it's it's certainly my favorites Um, so obviously if you watch the whole series that makes a big difference this episode is coming out on uh may the 4th so a happy star wars day to one and all i think because we've been away for a couple of weeks there must be some news to discuss not tons to discuss. Uh, we do have Kenobi coming up, and there was a couple shots, but really it's just Obi-Wan wearing blue. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I can't remember what the other shot was, uh, to be honest, because um, it wasn't... Oh, it was another shot of the Inquisitor, and looked the Grand Inquisitor, and he looked a little bit better. Yeah, um, I saw that too. But uh, Obi-Wan's coming out soon, and I'm sure we will get uh, a trailer very, very soon. It wouldn't surprise me if we get a trailer uh, the day this comes out on Star Wars Day. It wouldn't yeah, surprise true. me if it comes out. We could get one uh, ASAP. Uh, the book uh, Brotherhood, which is a, an Anakin and Obi-Wan book that's coming out uh, very, very soon. Uh, I will be definitely trying to read that ASAP, maybe read it alongside while watching uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi that would be uh, add a little bit of extra um, emotion to the story and so that'll be good it's directly uh, taking place between uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith I think mm-hmm. not too long after Attack of the Clones um, and uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is apparently in Obi-Wan Kenobi which I know. is hilarious I heard a great podcast interview with him about a month ago, and I don't like have a frame of reference for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, really. But like, it's a really interesting and like kind of like a lovely soul because he's lived so much and he's like kind of insane looking, and he's actually done a lot of acting in his life. And so, I, yeah, put him in Star Wars. I'm actually game for that. Is uh, is he needles? He is needles. Although he's at a, he's had an extensive acting career otherwise. Well, the, the best part is because needles is reference in solo is it why yeah well because uh han talks about when he's doing the kessel run and he uh drifts on uh like a meteorite yeah um and uh or like a, an asteroid or something and he says uh, my f- needles did this uh <laughs> and he died trying essentially <laughs> um, a reference to and, the famous uh, marty mcfly drag race involving the rolls royce yeah I guess. Exactly. Yeah, the jits will never find out. 
that it's uh it's excellent to see um just a heads up uh, i I know you're at uh mom and dad's house right now uh and they historically have bad wi-fi and so that's there's a little glitching happening i'm gonna blame it on your end oh okay that would make sense yeah um there's also uh more and more people saying that they're enjoying and finding the the lego star wars game funds that's good i'll have to play that i know i'm thinking like I, I haven't gotten it yet. I will eventually. But if I get COVID, I'm going to get it day one. <laughs> smart. That's my Very plan. smart. <laughs> Good thinking. Uh, I'll do the same. Mm. And also um, Andor. Uh, I always thought it was three seasons anyway. Apparently, it was announced that uh, at one point it was going to be five seasons and then they cut it down to three. Okay. Uh, and That's so some good. people thought that that was bad. I think it was probably that they just restructured to make the seasons a little bit longer. Never uh, planned, never planned to make five of something. Even if you think that you're sitting pretty, like don't set out to make five of something. They did that with the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Hello, another reference. It had to happen. And it was a huge mistake. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, th- three seasons of Andor. I'm sure that's good. We've got lots more Star Wars coming. Yeah, and there are 12 episodes Right. So they're going to be good long seasons with a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Uh, a bunch of happy birthdays. Uh, Tuesday, April 19th, a happy birthday. We're going to be talking a lot about them in the coming weeks. Hayden Christensen had a birthday recently. Uh, Wednesday, April 20th, happy birthday to Andy Circus. On April 29th, Irvin Kirshner had a birthday, uh, the late Irvin Kirshner. Monday, April 30th, happy birthday to Phil Brown. And then I threw this one in uh, Friday, May 6th. Happy birthday to Lars Mickelson. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, that's another thing that I probably should have in the news that did come up. Yeah. Uh, there's heavy, heavy, heavy rumor out there now that he will not be live action Thrawn. Interesting. Um, and that sucks. So I am uh, very disappointed. So is apparently everyone, which I'm thrilled about that everybody's equally as disappointed as me. Um, but that would suck and be a bad decision in my opinion. Why? In lieu of who? No idea. Oh. But that's just, uh, the rumors came out that it was just cast and then people were like, wait a minute, wasn't it Freddy cast? Didn't we already think it was Lars Mickelson? Why is it just coming out? And then the rumors were that it wasn't him. We don't know who it is. Um, I'm hoping it still is, but, uh, maybe it won't be. And, and, uh, I'll give this person a chance, but, uh, Absolutely. But it just seems so stupid because, my God, he was perfect. <laughs> or maybe they'll, like, body double him and he'll still do the voice. They've done that a couple of times. Probably not. They'll yeah. do, they'll soak at the situation. They won't um, maul the situation. Right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll be back when we're back. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any thoughts on this particular arc of Rebels or anything else Star Wars related, or if you just want to wish us, uh, may the fourth be with you. Of course, you can tweet at recorder66 or you can email recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review this show on your preferred podcast app. Or if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the force be with you. Thank you.